The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the show. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, my guest this week is Dutch piercer Sharon Loy. Sharon's a good friend of mine. We actually met uh, years and years ago in Tokyo. I was over there on vacation and I stopped in to see uh, Michele. Uh, Michele was piercing at a studio, I think it was Rin KG at the time, and he had a, a guest piercer in town from the Netherlands, and that was Sharon. Uh, so it was kind of weird, you know, small world, you meet a, a Dutch piercer uh, when you're on holiday in Japan. So uh, met Sharon, kept in touch, uh, bumped into Sharon at uh, a Scar Wars event in Philadelphia, and I know a familiar face at the BMXNet conference and the APP conference. And when I was in Amsterdam a few weeks ago, I uh, stopped into Dare to Wear, one of Sharon's studios, and we kind of sat down and talked for a little bit. You know about the the current state of body piercing in the Netherlands. Um, certain things that might sound strange that you're not allowed to be using or not supposed to be using. Uh, blade needles, that uh, traditional U.S. style piercing needle um, in uh, the Netherlands, I, I guess they still prefer to use the cannula needles with the sheath. Uh, certain kinds of disinfectants and, and skin preps uh, aren't permissible for use uh, because they're, they're deemed a, a medical supply. So it's just really strange things. Uh, you go from region to region and what they have access to and what they're not supposed to be using and what they don't have access to. Uh, we talk about the kind of jewelry boutique experience that uh, Sharon's trying to to give with her studios. And I think that's a really uh, common trend in, in body piercing and in, in high-end studios especially. I think they're definitely moving more towards that um, like fashion jewelry store that, that offers body piercing installation with their, their jewelry sales. So we kind of talk about it, uh, the different principles and you know where she sees the, the future of Dutch piercing going. Uh, you might hear in the background this familiar like click click sound and that's because uh, one of the people working in Sharon's studio was heat sealing uh, body jewelry and I, I do not miss those days. Uh, now I have a statum so I can just pull jewelry out of the display case and sterilize it uh, and use it on a client right away but for years I had to take this this roll of you know paper on one side plastic on the other you'd cut off all these little tiny pieces and then you would put the jewelry in and then you'd have to like click click uh, heat seal it and, and then you'd sterilize those and put those in storage and man I, I can't even imagine how many hours and hours and hours I put into that and you know had friends and uh, just different people helping me out with it you know because it's like a mountain of work to do that so you know if you're one of those piercers who thinks well a statum is a couple thousand dollars and that must be really expensive uh, you know would you rather spend the couple thousand dollars now uh, and, and really invest in a statum um, or would you rather just spend hours and hours and hours trapped away in a little room somewhere click click sealing all those pieces of body jewelry you know and 
Uh, I do not want to do that, so I love my Statum. Uh, a couple of pieces of information before we jump into the interview. The Aldi Scholarship, uh, that deadline is approaching very, very quickly. Uh, if you're listening to this um, somewhere around you know, the beginning of November, you probably only have a few days until the deadline. So if you're a body piercer, uh, if you're kind of dragging your feet and you were thinking, I, oh, I, I do want to apply for that scholarship, it's just a few days away. Uh, go to safepiercing.org. You can click on the uh, information for the APP conference, and then you'll see a, a tab for scholarships right there. It'll have the deadline. It's mid-November. Um, you really have to jump on it if you want to have that opportunity. You know, um, I'm one of the people on the panel helping to select scholars, and as of right now, there aren't a lot of completed applications in. You know, people are dragging their feet on it, and we can tell when you just throw something together last minute. So. Uh, if you want to have a good shot at it, if you want to take this opportunity and really run with it, um, put some time into it. You know, stop what you're doing, you know, or go home tonight and work on your scholarship application. People, you know, every year we get kind of stinkers for applications and it's just like, why would you phone it in? You know, if you take conference seriously, take your application seriously if you want to try to get one of these scholarships, you know, because the people that do take time and submit good applications submit really good applications. So, you know, if yours doesn't have a lot of information, it's probably not even going to make it through the first cut. So, uh, you know, respect the process, respect yourself, and, and take some time for those applications. The APP Board of Directors election cycle uh, is going to be happening very shortly after this episode posts. Um, I do have uh, some more messages that I received through the Piercing Wizard podcast Facebook page, and I'm going to get to those, but I'm going to leave it until after the interview. I don't want to suck up too much at the beginning of the show, but, uh, you know, stick around after the interview. I'll spend a few minutes minutes answering some questions about my positions on uh, different things related to the APP Board of Directors. And I'm going to be talking about kind of the structure of the APP. I, I got a really good message just kind of asking how the APP works. You know, I, I think some people, especially non-members, you know, look at APP and think like, well, you know, how, how would someone get involved in it? You know, how do you actually become a volunteer or an instructor or a board member, you know? So I'll talk about that a little bit and just kind of give you a little bit of insight as to what goes on behind the scenes of the APP. Uh, I'd also like to say a special thank you to Will Von Doom and the Real Talk Piercing Podcast. Uh, Will invited uh, people that are running for the board of directors to submit a, a little bit of audio, and those will be uh, played for anyone who's interested in, in that election process. I recorded a few minutes and sent that along to Will, so uh, keep your ears open for that. That should be on one of Will's podcasts pretty shortly, and I just want to say uh, thanks, Will, for the opportunity, and uh, you should come on my show again sometime. Uh, so let's get into this week's interview with Sharon. Uh, we're in the basement of Dare to Wear in Amsterdam and stick around after the interview. Hi, I'm Sharon. Um, I'm from Amsterdam. I'm 48 years old. I've, I have three shops doing piercing. Two of them also do tattooing. Um, my first shop I have since 2003 and it's still my baby. It's my best running shop, actually, I'm most proud of. Um, ten years ago, I opened the second one together with tattooists. Um, I think it's completely different business than piercing, of course. And I was surprised by uh, the different clientele and um, different people to work with. And now... I opened, uh, together with my boyfriend, a small piercing boutique in the basement of an existing tattoo place we own, um, where we're going to try to have a more private space, work by appointment. It's like a trial, er trial thing, first thing in Holland ever. Um, 
with only high-end quality jewelry, which will attract different kind of people who are more aware of uh, what is good for you yeah. and uh, how you should uh, respect your own body, I think. So with, with the new studio, with the boutique kind of vibe, are you trying to reach out to existing clients and say, we want to offer you this new experience? Or are you trying to bring in new people or tourists or anything like yes, that? Yes, I would like to bring in new people because um, the, the people or the customers we have now, they, they slowly found out that there is better quality to choose from. We still have more options to choose from. Um, um, it's, it's more that I would like to make a new comparison to people, not to go to a jewelry, expensive jewelry store, but you can also go to our, come to our boutique mm -hmm. and get pierced with similar quality jewelry than at a, at a jewelry store, I guess. I feel like that's definitely a trend that I've been seeing, you know, so. some really successful studios out there using that model. Yeah. And um, bringing in people that, you know, body piercing might not have already been their thing, but they, they do love jewelry and they're yes. open to body piercing. Exactly. But they take away that intimidation factor of making you think, you know, you have to go into a, the, the typical tattoo parlor yes. vibe or, yeah. or older piercing shop kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and they yeah. basically get a jewelry experience with body piercing installation. Exactly, yes. Yeah. I, I have a, an old advertisement from maybe 20 years ago by Cartier. And they already offer back then uh, like a ring, like a set with a ring, a pendant and navel jewelry. Cool. But it didn't turn out. I mean, nobody ever got that a new, uh, well, a new uh, con con concept. But I think that still is the future. Yeah. And uh, so slowly I try to make people aware that that should be uh, the thing that they choose from. Mm -hmm. They can get real diamonds or... Yeah, not not uh, not the initial piercing you start with, or you can also start with beautiful jewelry, of course. But yeah, people ha get a different uh, idea about uh, jewelry they can wear and different parts of the body. Mm -hmm. Also, now I'm 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 looking for a different space and talking to to building owners is it's difficult to convince people. Right, you're because they open. expect motorcycles. Yes, they and... still have that fi yeah. idea in their mm -hmm. head. Um, but I compare, try to compare that it's an exclusive jewelry shop mm -hmm. where they also, uh, an old-fashioned shop would make holes in ears. We make holes in noses, I say, for instance. So I hope I can convince them like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it seems like all you really have to do is show them your existing studios and just be like, you can look at this and you can see that there's such a different feel to it's it. It's true. You know, and, yes. and then give us that little bit of trust and, you know, it's, it's going to be a really positive thing. It's great that smart studio owners are catching on to that trend now because yeah. I think if you wait another five years I think more traditional jewelry companies will start to figure out well we can just bring in cheap piercing and try to sell our jewelry rather yes. than trying to build up like high quality body yes. piercing with nice jewelry yes it's a different segment really of yeah people. yes yeah also we, we we prefer to have a um, maybe a bit older clientele that's they can afford a, a, a downsize or a different piece of jewelry and not, not that they are 
they cannot afford, they cannot afford the cleaning products. You, I mean, and, but they still want a piercing. It's better for them to wait mm -hmm. or, or for their parents to pay along to help them. Yeah, I think we should make that the, the vision. Yeah. Yes. Educating people too can, can really help because even, even younger people, as long as they understand the concept of, you know, nice shoes, yes. nice clothes, nice hair, yes. you know, nice body jewelry. I think the younger people that haven't really gotten there with their own personal maturity, if they still want to wear, you know, jumpers and trainers and, and yes. all that, you know, mm -hmm. they, they might not understand really the concept of no. high quality. Exactly. Yet. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So those people, they can still go to the, the old school shops. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. when they realize what good yes. taste is, then they can come back of to you. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, they will learn. Yes, yeah. And they will appreciate uh, I feel quality. like that happens a lot. Sometimes people have to have the mediocre experience to yes. understand why the good experience is that much better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So what, what's the kind of feel that you have for your other two studios? You said that the one that we're in now is in kind of like the hip fashion forward kind of district and then your your other studio classic is in more of a touristy area yes what's that dynamic like of going from maybe this this studio to this studio on a different daily basis um the studio dare to wear is, is is in a hipster street um i've been there 15 years so 15 years ago wasn't that hipster maybe it grew mm -hmm. and all the shops here um I think people here that come here, they come specifically for this shop. So the piercers more are better respected. Maybe mm -hmm. they feel more appreciated because they come especially for us, not just to have a look or a laugh, for right. instance. Because they're just walking down the street and say, yes. oh, a piercing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but at my shop classic, which is around the corner from Dumb Square, you get, of course, also the party people or the bachelor party people mm -hmm. who they come for a laugh yeah, or... like, do you pierce dicks yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. stuff like that yeah. yes <laughs> and then they uh, they come they, they're more from outside of like small town people mm -hmm. outside of, of Amsterdam they, they they are used to their own piercing tattoo place in the small town and of course we are we offer completely different uh, quality jewelry and also different like professional piercing what takes longer we have more well, questions you can really i think even even if you're not an expert trained eye you can you can walk past some of the tattoo studios offering piercing here and then your studio yes. and it really seems geared towards everything is clean and bright and you give it the amount of space that it deserves you know mm -hmm. i went past another studio just on my way here yeah. and there was someone just with a paper towel on the front counter wiping some jewelry off with an alcohol wipe and there was a, a girl sitting in a chair there get, ready to get pierced oh, just just right there oh, you know and it's like yeah. one step inside the door not a special area but you'd look in the back and the tattooing had its own space and a table and a workstation and all that stuff but the piercing was just stuck yeah. in the corner mm -hmm. so it's really nice when you come here and you can see okay you know they have everything for safety and the statum the autoclave yes. everything is clean so yeah. Yeah, I think it's easier to tell, you know, when those people that are actually looking for something high quality and safe, they can really see the difference. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. Maybe people in different countries have better eyes for stuff or it takes longer to learn. I think Europe takes longer to learn than the States, for instance. I don't think it's necessarily that. I just think 
we're spoiled and we have access to everything. It's you know? true. That's where a lot of the stuff is made. That's where a lot of the classes are held. And we're spoiled. So. Also, maybe American people are more serious in their job, even even if it, like a, a garbage cleaner or, or is a truck driver... They can speak about their job for an hour or mm -hmm. days and we feel very proud of it. That's it's not European, I think. Okay. So that's really good. I love that. Yeah. Means also you do your work the best you can always. Mm -hmm. And 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 here they still have to learn that. So. I, I know some <laughs> don't sell American I mean uh, European not all, artists too of short. Course, oh no, yeah, no, some no, of them. No. Super I'm incredible. not like that. Oh not like that. No, no, definitely. You <laughs> definitely stand out. You some know, but people are yeah. yeah, I mean the, the the relaxed kind of vibe where it's more about your life and then your business is kind of helps support the life rather that's than true. the other way around. Yeah, that's that's better maybe for your private life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in the States you're definitely more like you are your job in some senses, you yes. know. So yeah. I'm very much when I'm home, it's all day, all day, all day. When I came in and he was saying Oh, you know, I didn't want to talk to you. I didn't want to bother you about a piercing. It's like, no, that's what I talk about all day. Show me the pictures. This is going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, you know, what do you think helps, like, the European piercers kind of get to where they would want to be? Is it trying to get out to something like BMX or UKAPP? Or is it the internet? Or is it getting out and having local groups of piercers or guest spots? What do you think would be the most beneficial? For for Dutch piercers to become more professional? Or anyone in the area, anyone in like the European area. Yeah. Um, I think for, for, for Dutch piercers, they are still too much connected to uh, a tattoo shop owner, mm -hmm. a tattooist. It's still a lot like uh, 20 years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, I just came from the BMX. I saw one Dutch person. And it's only two hour drive from Amsterdam. Right. So, and the last couple of years, I haven't seen many more. So, they, I don't know why they don't come. There used to be a society for piercers. I went there and then there were five people, all of Holland. So, it wasn't a big success. Mm. Maybe it's, 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 Maybe they're a bit scared or intimidated. I that, that's what I hear a lot from people when I when I go to conferences. Yeah. Uh, they said, "Well, I really wanted to come last year, but I was so nervous, and my friend like forced me to go this year." And oh then yeah. They, then they have a great time, or if they're there and it's their first time, they're really nervous to put their hand up and ask a question or yeah. come up and talk to you after a class, things like that. Yes. So, you know, if there's anyone listening, I would definitely say try not to be, try not to let your intimidation stop you from your progression. You know, if, if you're a piercer and you know what you need or what you want to do to, to get better, um, don't be too nervous because I think a lot of us get out. Like, I was super nervous the first time I came to BMX and UK course, yes. in Vegas. Yes. Terrified. <laughs> but then I met, like, really nice friends that yes. I'm still friends with 10 and 15 years later and I've, I've bumped into around the world, you know, like yeah. I met you in Tokyo. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's just, it's cool to, yeah. to kind of know that you're part of this community, you know? I think so, too. Like, yes. if you are a, a Dutch piercer and you're kind of stuck in your, your little tattoo shop and you don't have contact with anyone else, yeah. all you have to do is get out and, like you said, just two or three hours drive to Essen and you'd meet all these other piercers yes. from yeah. the U.S. and all across Europe and the U.K. and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are people that mean well, of course, and, and that's, yeah, I don't know. They have to to experience it themselves, of course. You cannot force them. Right. Yeah. Um, outside of Holland, it's different. I think 
French people, they're very, they, they all get a training, French piercers. So they are really high on, uh, I mean, uh, really strict on hygiene, mm -hmm. extreme. I think that's because Brian Skelly lives in France yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Must have something to do with it. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> um, so they already think they know mm -hmm. and then they feel more professional. Right. So also maybe government has mm -hmm. uh, influence in this this feeling okay i mean we do have health inspection um, and they are strict but it, it it's different uh, they don't explain anything to you you is have it to just more like learn. a checklist yes mm. they tell you these products you cannot use and you have to figure out yourself which one you can um for like disinfectants and yes, sterilizers yes, and things like that. Yes. Are there any restrictions for for jewelry or the types of needles you can use? Like are yes. blades okay? Cannula is uh, okay. They prefer cannula. Mm -hmm. Blades were forbidden for many years, and now they are admitted. But I don't show them when they come okay. because they will ask many many questions. Yeah. Um, it seems strange that yeah. something that was made and designed for a body piercing. Yes. They're, they think that that is less safe than something that was made and designed for the medical use. Yeah, they think, they don't think about the customer. They think about uh, the risk of for the piercer. Okay. So they think it's true in a way how they explain it that you're more you have more chance to pierce yourself mm -hmm. with the blade than with the cannula because right. you because you remove the needle and you have the sheath for yes. the jewelry part. Yeah. I can understand that, but I think maybe if they understood body piercing better, that when you pierce with a blade, you don't put the sharp end through and then put the needle against that and pull it back through yes. like you do with the sheath, yeah. you know? So, That's you know, true. if they understood that it was this way, yeah. maybe that would help. But yeah, I mean, if, if their training is based on this, this is what they need, this is what they can't use, and you have to try to go against that, it must be really challenging. Yeah, I think also the this health department, these, the same people are, are also checking uh, homeless places mm -hmm. and um, prostitute uh, places. They check the rooms for health, uh, hygiene, old people places. So the, the schools, children's schools, this is the same person that one day they go to a tattoo shop, the next day or later that day. They, so they have, it's too much mm -hmm. for them to, to check and to That's an incredibly educate. diverse job though. It if is. you're dealing it's with not kids and then prostitutes <laughs> and then piercers and then old it's people, true. that's a very diverse day. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they But still, them. yeah, but they're not an expert on any one no, thing. No. Just the general hygiene. Yes. Too much work for them. Right, yes. like in, in, in my state, where I am in New Hampshire, there are no health inspections. There haven't been oh. for probably 15 years. Oh. Zero. Wow. And I'm on a panel now with the health department. We're trying to rewrite the laws and we're trying to bring back inspections. Oh, great. And there's, there's no one trained to inspect. You know, oh. it's people that do restaurants or people that do yeah. hair studios, yeah. things like that. But yeah. no one that even understands body art a little bit. So we mm. have to start from the beginning. Yeah. It's going to be really challenging. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, good that there's the APP, of course. Right. Yeah. You know, yes. we can. They can use us as a resource. Yeah. Um, we could maybe send someone out for training or something like that. That's great. But in in somewhere like in Holland, where maybe they don't know that the APP is is there. You I know, know. With uh, medical liaisons yeah. and legislative liaisons, yeah. all those things. When we opened our boutique it was last April. Uh, it wasn't that's in Rotterdam. We talked to the health inspection, and they never heard of the APP. We explained them. We talked about using a statum. They never heard about. Right. I talked 
to the Amsterdam health inspection for the last 10 years about a statum. Mm -hmm. They always said no. And then a couple months ago, I think Brian finally convinced them yeah. it's working and uh, we can use it now. Good. So it took 10 years, I think, for Brian wow. to get the statum approved. Yeah, I mean... I <laughs> I'm sure it's tough if people are just looking for the word autoclave, but they don't understand that a statum is a type of autoclave yeah. and they just think, oh, this is something different. We don't know what it is, so no, you can't use it. I've definitely heard a few studios get told that and they're like, but it's it's the best. It's frustrating if you tell me that I have to use something that's not the best. Yes, same, same as a blade or a canula. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't think many other industries would have that kind of Yeah, thing. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. I think so too, what you say. Mm. For instance, a dentist, I think they have more uh, Yeah, or you know, a health or... clinic, I'm sure they're just like, yeah. it's a statum, and they're like, okay. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, mm. they're, they're very um, uh, strict on tattoos and piercers, of course, because yeah. we're not medically trained. Mm -hmm. We're not allowed to use medical uh, cleaning products also. Really? Because we're For not the skin or for services? For, for anything. For anything, it's, okay. Yeah, so... Because we're not trained, medical trained, medically okay. trained, where we don't know how to spray a, mm. a medical solution. Okay. <laughs> really, it's wow. forbidden. Huh. I get a fine if they find out. So, like something yeah. like Optum, you couldn't use Optum, or oh, I don't know Optum. Well, almost nothing here. <laughs> Made maybe septols not allowed. Yeah. Uh, we have to use a, like a daily. Home, home cleaner mm -hmm. for the floor. We cannot use anything for the surface. We have to use like a daily cleaner okay. that you can buy in the supermarket. That's the only thing allowed. Wow. Yeah. That seems very strange. It is. Yeah. 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 So, uh, how is it looked on as far as just society goes here? Like, are people warm and accepting for tattoos and piercings, or are people still a little judgmental generationally? Maybe. I'm yeah, still judgmental. Okay. I moved from. A bad part of city Amsterdam north to the south, which is the Porsche neighborhood. I moved there last November, and um, I was the like the Porsche outcast in the north, and now I'm the out the, the worst outcast in the south. I mean, I never I don't fit anywhere, mm -hmm. in, in, even in Amsterdam, which is the most liberal city in Holland. Wow. Yeah, I mean they accept uh, me at the school of my daughter, but. The older people, they just like, uh, they sniff mm. too loud when I pass by. Yeah. Or they go, uh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it seems strange that you can have, you know, a red light district, totally fine. Yeah. And all the coffee shops, totally fine. Yeah. But people would still kind of yeah. look down your nose at someone. Who's, yeah. And especially if they're doing it in an environment like this where it's, you know, very respectable and classic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Well. So, uh, what's it like with jewelry supplies over here? Like, is it difficult to keep inventory in stock? I, I know that you said you, you have people to help you out. Yes. But, um, you know, are the wait times crazy right now for yeah, you? Yeah, we, we mostly get our jewelry from the States. Okay. I mean, there are some importers in, in I get my industrial strength from Switzerland. Mm, is that jamming? jamming? Jamming. Or from the UK, mm -hmm. from Paddy. Yep. Uh, another metal nowadays I get or from Italy or from the UK also. Mm -hmm. I don't get anything in Holland. So I get my needles from Japan. 
Uh, Katanas or Kiwamis? Kiwami? Yeah, Kiwami. Yeah. yeah. How do you like them? I like them, yes. I haven't tried those yet. Oh. I'm still using... I, I, I ordered well, some Katanas. Some. I think they sent me some samples. Okay. I just haven't gotten to them yet. Yeah. Yeah. Nice and sharp? Yes. Nice and good? Very nice. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's going to be next for me, I think. Hmm. Um... Yeah, England maybe. There, there are some uh, suppliers, mm -hmm. but that's it. I started making some simple designs of in gold myself yep. because of uh, the extreme waiting times and also price. Uh, uh, I say that price when the price gets higher every time I order. Yeah, I've noticed that too, where I, I ordered the <laughs> same piece six months apart. Yes. And it can be like a 30% difference sometimes. Yeah, I mean, in a year, of. I sell a gold ball mm -hmm. for wholesale price almost, you mm -hmm. know? So I have to adjust my, my, my retail price every time. Right. Yeah, because I don't want and it takes too much time. It does. Confusing. It does get a little bit tough with that, yes. especially now that I have to stack orders. You know, where if I'm waiting four months, but I can't wait yeah. four months between placing orders, so yes. I'm placing three or four orders at a time before one shows up, and I know it's really yeah. tough. Yeah, I yeah. imagine it's it's much more tough when you have to deal with customs too, and yes, yeah, sometimes like it takes everything. two weeks. Yeah, before we get it. Mm -hmm. It's in, in customs that long. And yeah. then how much is it for VAT? Is it like 20% or more? 21%. 21. Uh, plus some extra costs, mm. yes. Yeah, for instance, nail metal, uh, that's like hundreds of euros uh, extra on top of the jewelry. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Anything that comes from the States, of mm -hmm. course, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Expensive. There needs to be, I think, I, well, okay, I don't want to be the. Does the, does the phrase backseat driver translate well? Basically, where you're just kind of like shouting out your best ideas, uh, like after the fact kind of thing, you know? <laughs> uh, I think it would be great if there were European manufacturers, but it's the same problem like in the States. Nobody really wants to put in that kind of investment or wants to take that sort of chance, you know, by hundreds of thousands of euro production it is, costs yeah, or something. Yes, yeah. yes. But it's going to be tougher and tougher, I think, because... The demand for high quality piercers, especially now that people do get out to like UK yeah. APP and yes. BMXnet, yeah. when they come home, most of the time they say like, okay, number one, we need different jewelry. Yeah. And then they get this flood of stuff, you know, but they're the same companies over in the States. It's not like there are new companies. It's true. They're trying yeah. to expand and they're trying to keep up, but it's getting harder and harder for yeah. them. Yeah. I, I do try new, new brands sometimes if somebody uh, tip gives me a tip, but then still they don't figure out how threading works and it's not a constant quality mm -hmm. so yeah i cannot offer that to, to my people to my clients yeah. of course i I've, I've seen lots of smaller brands or newer brands and, and then you know some some piercers that i respect try it and so i asked them their opinion you yes. know and like is this going to be the one that will help people and they're like no no, no. We're, we're still looking still yeah, yeah. They're, they're not bad but they're definitely not yeah. comparable to something like is or no. Leroy or anatomy metal yes or, yeah. yeah any of the, the big yeah, companies. exactly yeah. yeah it's such a huge jump like people might look at it and say like well what's really the difference and it's like well apparently it's a big difference because if it was easy everybody would be able to do it exactly yeah yeah that must be it mm. yes mm. Well, I wonder yeah maybe I mean I think that there are Even some, some expensive that, jewelry companies that make gold, mm -hmm. uh, also from the States, they don't know how to make their threading. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think most of them now almost see it as 
easier for them, you know, if they're just making tops with like, you know, pin backings yes, or yeah, something. Yes, and yeah. They don't have to worry about making a perfect titanium flat back or perfect titanium threads or anything. They just make an end piece and say, now you worry about what post you're going to put it exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Luckily, some companies start to make uh, threadless posts mm -hmm. other than except for neo metal, of course. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. So that was kind of a, a little better. bit of an explosion. So if, yes. if you're a piercer that's that's leaning more towards that, that's a, a little bit less pressure for you, you know, I because agree. you have maybe yes. two or three different companies yes. now instead of just the one. True. But uh, when it comes to the piercers who still use a lot of threaded, the options are tough. Yeah. Really, really tough. I'm still not convinced that the pin always works as well as the threading, especially yeah. if it's a if it's a heavy end. Mm -hmm. And a gold pin. And a gold pin. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I definitely changed the way I made orders for a while. Um, getting things from from different companies where they were larger and more elaborate and I would say like okay that one has to be threaded I, yeah. I can't get that one with just a pin because I'm sick of sending these things back for repairs me too and then when other companies started making steel pins on a gold back yeah and especially that you can just put it right on a titanium post it's different I think those are great me too yeah and I'll take a little bit more chance for something larger or more elaborate with that but with the gold pins uh, some of it I just don't trust yeah, yeah. yes mm. yeah they break so, we had a couple in a couple uh, some weeks ago, and they broke when we already put them in display. <laughs> we uh, didn't do anything. The the worst yeah. thing that can happen to me, I think, is when I spend all this time talking to someone up front about how they love the jewelry and it's yeah. beautiful and it's so well made, and, and then I go to put it on their piece and it and it just barely breaks, and it's like, okay, well, now I get to number one look stupid, and number two give you a refund or send back a repair or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I wish that machining was a a slightly easier task for people, you know, because the the lathe and all that stuff that you would need for it, it's such such a huge investment. It's not like someone can just try it out at home. For for gold jewelry, you could get you know a jeweler's torch and some gold wire, and you could kind of play around and you could learn kind of slowly. Of course. But I think with titanium yes. and like the harder to work metals, there's yes. such a huge jump. Yes. From like nothing to even beginner, it's just a huge jump. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Maybe if I ever I, I have, a casino I have, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a chance every year. I can't now. Well, okay, actually, you know, in Vegas, yeah. <laughs> uh, whenever I was in Vegas, my, my only gamble would be buying raffle tickets for the longest time. <laughs> I wouldn't spend any money on like blackjack or coins, coins, anything like that. It was just always the <laughs> raffle. But now I can't do the raffle, so maybe I'll learn how to play a card game. <laughs> yeah. You're never too old to learn. No, it can be fun. If you win, it's fun, of course. Yeah, well, yeah, if you win. Uh, so do you yeah. think uh, do you think you'd ever want to maybe teach classes or anything, you know, if you get out to Vegas or if you get out to BMXnet? Like, do you, um, how do you, how do you interact with, with other piercers, like newer piercers now? Like, you know, you have different piercers that come through your studio. Yes. How, what kind of like exchange of information is there? Like, are you learning from them? Are they learning from you? Um, I'm more of a listening person. Mm -hmm. So I like, first I like to listen to what they have to say. And then, uh, then I can say something back. If, if I, if I, if I train a piercer, then it's totally different, of course. But if they have already a lot of experience, first I like to, to listen how they like to work. And then I see if, if it's feasible for me, mm -hmm. if I can accept that. Uh, I have three French people and one Italian person and a Dutch person. Mm -hmm. 
and all the French and Italians they are very strict with hygiene which I embrace of course I love the better it's better of course mm -hmm. the more the cleaner is better um, and I like freehand better than tools so if they use tools then I try to convince them to try without two tools of course mm -hmm. yes um, and of course I I appreciate if they go and visit APP or BMX actually I just talked to my my Dutch piercer yesterday and uh, I'm gonna take her to the APP next year I always take one piercer with me or two if I go to the to the Vegas conference that's great yeah that's really good because um you know, if you if you only have one person from a studio that goes, like if it was just you yes. going, you can come back and you can share information, but it's never really the same experience, you know, if people can't see it all and yes. meet all those different it's people so from all over. It's so motivating. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just, just to know there's all these people and they, they have the same interests. Mm -hmm. And same. a lot of them have the same struggles, you yes. know. Yes. Maybe having to like work to get out there and, exactly. and, and attend conference yes. or, you know, maybe they worked in other studios for so long before they had someone who really supported yeah. them for, for getting better yes. in education. And, and this girl, Ava, I'm going to take, she, she is also very shy, intimidated. She's not really, really good with customers, but outside in the big world, outside of the shop, she, uh, she's not, a, not the most social maybe. Um, so I, I told her she, she has to come. And um, I'm sure she will. She will. I don't know. She will cross a line, and then she's out, and she will start posting and yeah. talk to people, yeah. share her experience. Get her to join the gang. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's good I, for her. I really like that. I, I love seeing that for people, especially if um, you know if they're already in a good studio with a good group of people, but they haven't been able to get out yet. And then once they do, and they see like, okay, it's not just the people in my studio that are cool. It's like. And yes. they know this shop, and they know this shop, and they know this shop, and they start to feel like they're part of that world. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think that uh, the the future of education around here is going to be like UK APP and BMXNet getting bigger, or do you feel like it's having um, smaller groups like do their own little satellite conferences? You know, like with the new conference in Spain and you know yes. the new conference in Russia and things like that. Do you think it? Which is the future? Do you think less that are larger, or do you think more that are smaller? Or um, I think, for instance, for, for for one, Europe is 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 all different countries. Yeah, it's not like the states. Mm -hmm. It's one country. So the Spanish they keep they, they stay in Spain, mm -hmm. and the Germans they stay in Germany. Yeah, it's it's not that they the, the German people would go to Spain. Mm -hmm. That's not gonna happen. The language barrier. Also alone. language barrier, but yeah. still also the, the country barrier. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it has to be by country. And I think Holland is a really small country, so I think and Dutch people are the only people in Europe that speak English and German mm -hmm. and French usually. So they should be the ones that travel. Yeah. Yeah. I would just think that a city like Amsterdam, you know, where there's a really good airport, there's really good public transportation, yes. and the city is gorgeous yeah. and very diverse. Um, you know, I think stuff around here will be really good, which is kind of why I was thinking about maybe trying to have a seminar here. Yeah, that's true. Someday. Yeah. Uh, did you go to the APP Amsterdam, the two? I wish I had. Oh. I think that was I think that was a year before I started going to conference. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that yeah, that was maybe seventeen years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I loved it, um, it was in a beautiful building, but there was hardly any Dutch piercing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 
I think, yeah, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's a bummer. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a long time ago. Maybe now it would work. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. It's it's tough now because uh, I mean you've seen how big Vegas has gotten yes. in the last couple of years. That it's is. it's like a monster, you know. Yes. So I think it, it's it's tough and we're kind of at a point where we're trying to encourage other people to start their own sister organizations and smaller conferences oh, because yeah. I don't know that, that we'd be able to handle another one. You know, uh, Bethra does the, the camp APP event in the fall and, and that's fantastic. You know, it's members only and just out in the woods and everybody just relaxes and oh, it's more just APP? like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Camp oh. APP. Do you know like uh, the Atlanta, Georgia area and like the South? No, I haven't been. It's, it's a cool area. Yes. Um, you know, really good food, but you know, just nice and relaxing, good weather, and you're just out in the forest, you know, and there's a lake, and it sounds great. It's super great because people can just hang out in hammocks and no shoes and just lounging around, drink tea all day, and maybe take one or two classes, but everybody just hangs out with oh, each other. Oh, yeah, sounds good. And then there's gonna have, there's gonna be another one on the West Coast, I think, next year. Oh, yeah. So those are good, but it's not really like a full conference. There are a few classes, yeah. but it's more just like a, a nice holiday with everybody yes. together. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. But that's usually with people that already visit APP. Yeah, that's maybe. that's for members only. So, you yeah. know, it's it's you don't really get oh, a lot yes. of diversity as far as like experience levels. You know, everybody's an APP member, yeah. so everybody's already yes. similar jewelry and similar sterilizers yeah. and all that stuff. To share experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It would be cool to maybe add in some sort of other satellite thing that's that's APP official, you know, maybe yes. somewhere outside. I think Canada could really use one. Um, yeah, and then Very good somewhere idea. else around Europe would be great. And South America, there was just one three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, in, in, uh, in Brazil. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That Sao was, Paulo, I think. Yeah. Yes. I don't think it was Sao Paulo this year. Oh. It was Sao Paulo last year. Okay. This year was a different city, but I heard really good things yes. about it this year. And, yeah. You know, just a really good turnout of people, really good support from uh, yes. sponsors and vendors and all that. It's just cool being able to see it and especially being able to, to go to some of them. You know, I love meeting all the different groups of piercers around the world. Of course, yeah. yes. Do you think uh, the BMX expanded a lot? Uh, so, it's st still when, the when same was the last building. time you went to BMX? It, it is a long time. I think four years. Okay. Yeah. So uh, before, I think you you would say that they had, you know, mostly kind of English speaking classes, mm -hmm. and then they would have as many German ones as they could. Yes. Maybe a little bit more for tattooing than piercing. This year it was like almost an equal amount of English classes and German classes. Oh yeah. But they were both still full. Like if you were English speaking, you could take full day classes all day every day, but the same for German, the same for the tattooers, the same for yeah. bondage and suspension. Yes. There were a lot of classes this year. Yeah, oh that yeah. yeah. So in that way they expanded. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, more attendees too. I, I don't remember exactly how many, but every every class was full and they had maybe four or five classes going at a time oh. all day every day yeah, and they were all cool. full. That sounds good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 More diversity. I think the classes were maybe a little bit more carefully selected this year. You know, um, you know, more educated instructors, things like that, you know, so the, the educational value of it was definitely there. Yes. Some years it's more of like a party social event. Yes. This one yeah. was definitely an educational yeah. event. Yeah. I, I enjoyed myself. Yes. I'm happy I went. And maybe for Italy, I think uh, Bruno must be busy with that, but... Um, I think everybody's busy lately, yeah. especially so the piercers that have been working for more than 10 or 15 years, the ones that have a lot of experience to share, they're almost too busy to share it now because they've worked so hard for so long that they have all this success, like you with three studios and everybody traveling around and, yeah. and running their own businesses. It's It's tough to tell those people like okay take some time off and come and teach a class to other piercers who yes. 
might potentially be your competition someday, it's kind of a difficult spot. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that must be the thing, yes. Yeah, yeah take the time off is difficult. Right, <laughs> for sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I think the flip side of that is um, if, if people that are more local to the area can't take the time to, to teach or something, that's when they some of these conferences end up pulling in people from the U.S. or the APP. And um, I love doing these things, but I don't want to be the same face that somebody sees in a class every year. Like, I really want to see, like... Different faces. Diversity and different faces and different opinions, and especially people that are more local, and that can be, like, the representatives of an area, you know, Holland or Germany or UK or, or wherever. I always really like seeing the people who start out sitting down in the class, and then the next year they're the ones standing at the front and teaching the class. Like, yes. I, I really love to see that. I love that, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm, maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> when you don't have 17 studios yeah. that you have to worry about. Yeah. Yes, and family. Right. Yeah, family too. Yeah. 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 Husband and kids. Two kids? Yeah, one and a half. One and yes. a half. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a full time job. Extra. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, busy lady. Well, uh, okay, so one more time, where are your studios located and what sort of social media online stuff do you want oh, people yeah. to know? So my first shop is called Dare to Wear. It's in the center, authentic old center of Amsterdam, the Jordaan. And then my second shop is called Classic Ink and Mods. It's in the tourist area next to Dom Square. I've had that for 10 years. And two years ago, we took uh, over... Uh, one of the best tattoo shops in Rotterdam called Institution. And we started piercing there downstairs in the piercing boutique uh, this year. Cool. Yeah. It's called Classic Glamour. Classic Glamour. Yeah. That's a nice name. You picked good names. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for talking to me. I appreciate Thank you. It. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Sharon. I really appreciate it. Sharon is a really just awesome business mind. Um, you know, I think sometimes U.S. piercers don't really give European piercers enough credit. You know, Sharon is really smart, has some awesome shops, has given a lot of people really great opportunities for employment over there. And I really see Sharon is uh, one of the leaders in the industry over there. You know, I'd, I'd really like to see Sharon maybe teaching some classes one of these days and, um, you know, just wish her continued success. So thanks for uh, taking a little bit of time and, and showing me your studio. And it was cool to see Dare to Wear. I remember a few years ago, Sharon was nice enough to... Uh, to let me use a little bit of workspace in Classic, her studio on the other side of Amsterdam, and I, I did a scarification piece and a little bit of piercing there, and uh, it was a really cool shop. Lots of European studios have verticality though, you know, multiple studios, they don't have huge footprints, so if they need a lot of square footage, they kind of work up, you know, so um, lots of staircases in a lot of those shops, and I always feel like I'm gonna just fall and break my neck uh, in some of those places. So getting into uh, some of this APP discussion, you know, I got a message basically just kind of asking how the APP's inner workings go. And uh, this was actually something that I brought up in that Thunderdome class at uh, Camp APP a few weeks ago. So it's kind of on my mind right now. There, there's kind of a hierarchy as far as uh, the, the structure of the APP goes. You know, everything starts with a member. So um, there are, you know, certain roles for non-members. You know, usually it's kind of like a industry expert. So sometimes we'll have non-member instructors at conference, but usually the, the preference is to have at least one member in each class as the lead, you know. But sometimes we have uh, uh, body piercers who aren't members yet. That's how I got my start uh, instructing at the APP conference. 
I instructed for maybe two or three years before I was a, a member, and I think they were kind of doing it as a little bit of sugar to kind of like trick me into membership. Um, I was one of those piercers where, you know, I, I was working to APP minimum standard, but I just was lazy and I never got around to applying. And I feel like that's a lot of body piercers out there. So, you know, step one, you got to apply for membership. And uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to John Joyce and Caitlin Raisin at Scarab Body Arts in Syracuse. Send your dang membership applications in. You two are awesome piercers and you should be APP members. Stop making excuses. Stop dragging your feet. I am going to bug you until you become members. So, once you become a member, uh, then you have access to all different kinds of volunteering. You know, people can certainly volunteer at the APP conference, but that kind of volunteering is more like, you know, help out at the merch booth, carry some boxes, work the door, that kind of volunteering. When it comes to volunteering for the organization, um, that's more committee work. And if you're interested in that, you know, if you're an APP member and you're thinking like, well, how do I get started? Um, start by filling out the volunteer survey. You want to email volunteers at safepiercing.org and that's a, a very nice person named Julie Taylor. Julie is part of the outreach committee for the APP. Julie will send you a survey and that'll ask you a few questions like do you have any special skills? You know, are you particularly good with any sort of computer stuff? You know, are you a whiz with Photoshop or uh, some sort of programming or you know, are you like uh, awesome at social media? Do you speak alternate languages? You know, do you have different training for, for different kinds of administration things? Um, so, you know, we want to know uh, what your skills are. So you fill out one of those surveys and send it back. That doesn't guarantee you a spot on a, on a committee though. So basically the committees need a, a volunteer and, and they go to uh, the list of all the people that have filled out the volunteer surveys and they say, okay, well this person's got some skills that we're looking for, so let's invite them onto our uh, committee. There are lots of different committees out there. You know, I am the, the chair of the outreach committee. Uh, outreach committee is working on a few different projects right now. Some of them I can't make public yet because uh, they're kind of early stages, but lots of ideas for uh, video content to make our YouTube page more dynamic. Um, lots of different kinds of tech outreach things. Uh, we also work with health conferences. Uh, I was actually uh, spending pretty much all day loading these uh, USB business card things that have like the APP procedural manual and our apprenticeship guidelines and brochures. I was loading up all that stuff onto those USB drives. I'm going to mail them out to John Johnson in California tomorrow and him and Jose Talon are going to be passing those out at the APHA health conference. Uh, next week in San Diego, I believe, uh, Wales Vagina. Uh, and then you have other committees, a membership committee. They're the people that process all those membership applications, and that is a hard working group of people processing tons of applications, you know. So huge props, huge shout out to everybody on uh, the membership committee. Um, all kinds of other committees, you know, legislative and regulatory affairs and, you know, other stuff that's out there, you know, so there's lots of different avenues that you can jump into, you know, find something you're passionate about. If you're passionate about a particular avenue, you know, if you want to talk to health inspectors, if you want to talk to piercers, if you want to talk to clients, if you want to talk to whoever, um, there's usually some sort of work that you can do behind the scenes within the APP to, to do that. You know, many hands make light work, um, but still you need to start with that uh, volunteer survey, okay? So once you get on the committee, you can really see, um, you know, how things work, you know, how, how the sausage is made really, you know, committees, that's, that's where all the, the, the grunt force labor is, is done. Um, that's where a lot of arguments can happen, but also a lot of compromises can happen. You know, it's a lot of different opinions, especially when it comes to like the conference committee, the people who spend all year 
planning our conference to make sure that it uh, goes off as well as possible. You know, really, really hardworking people. There's the curriculum committee, you know, choosing classes, you know, who's going to be teaching and uh, what are they going to be teaching, you know. Um, when you get onto that committee, you have to kind of really learn how to work with other people. You know, it's not an ego trip, you know. Um, you, you don't get crazy praise for this stuff, you know. Like how many people are listening right now who are APP members? Do you know the names of the people that processed your application? You know, you know, you might know that one person, you know, maybe Johnny or Baron or Monica sent you a message saying, hey, you know, you might want to change or update this or answering a question, yes or no, you can do this, can't do that. Um, but, you know, do you really know all the other people who are working super hard on all these committees? You know, do you know the people on outreach? Do you know the people on uh, the conference committee? You know, like Brian Moeller is someone just doing tons and tons and tons of work to, uh, you know, read everybody's presentations leading into conference, make sure that they're formatted correctly, making sure all the AV stuff is working on point, you know, him and Gus and just working super hard, you know, so um, a lot of people that deserve a lot of thank yous and, you know, you can, you can help, you know, you can get in there, you, you can, uh, you know, kind of share the load as it were and, you know, make sure that things go as smoothly as possible. So once you're on that committee, you really get a lot of, uh, of healthy experience and once you start to understand the guts of how the APP works, you can start, uh, you know, working on proposals. You know, you can type out a really good idea. You really have to be able to articulate a point, though. You know, if you want to teach a class and you can't say, this is why this class needs to exist, you know, you, you, then you're not going to get the class. You know, a lot of people think like, oh, I'd be an awesome teacher just because they, they like to talk. They like the sound of their own voice. But you have to be able to articulate an idea and you have to be able to keep it on track for, you know, 90 minutes or two hours. I've seen some brilliant, brilliant body piercers crash and burn because they can't boil down their concept into a 90 minute class. You know, they're, they're teaching a four hour class, you know, and then when their 90 minutes runs up, they're not even a quarter of the way through their slideshow and then they're clicking through frantically being like, oh, this and this and this and this and oh, just email me if you have any questions. That's not a good class. That's a good body piercer who knows a subject backwards and forwards, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a good instructor. You know, you have to be able to think, I have two hours. What do I want people to know? You know, if, if you're teaching a class that's similar to another class that's already existed, your proposal has to say why it's different. You know, I, I liked this class, but I could see this as an improvement. Or I like this class, but I think this person would be a better instructor. You know, whether it's you or whether it's somebody else. Hey, I would really like to see... Christina Blossy teaching a class or hey I'd really like to see you know X Y or Z teaching a class rather than A B or C um, those are great uh, subjects for proposals but you have to be able to articulate your point if uh, if you think you might have trouble with that if you have a concept but you're not really sure how to explain it to someone and, and really talk about it uh, a really good way to practice it is write an article on it you know the the point uh, the APP's journal of body piercing always needs content always needs content you know it's it's coming out constantly they're constantly working on it that's another committee of people that you'd want to thank um, so if you have an idea you can write out an article on it and you can say uh, you know a thousand words or two thousand words of, of whatever your idea is you know hey I think sterile gloves are important because of this hey I think iodine is the superior skin prep and this is why hey I really like this kind of autoclave or this kind of jewelry or this piercing technique or hey you know I've got this awesome tip or trick I'm gonna make a diagram and I'm gonna write up an article and I'm gonna explain it to people and you get that out there in the point you attach your name to it, you know, you can get people reading it and, and you know, they'll, they'll pick it apart sometimes and say, hey, this was good, this was bad, you know, these, these are some improvements. There's also an editorial staff on the point. They're going to read your article and they're going to say, 
hey, this is good, but you know, your your wording is really awkward, you know, like, you know, did you ever take any composition classes? Or, you know, maybe you should think about tweaking the the, the kind of phrasing that you use, or, you know, you're thinking in, in too many American terms, you need to think more international about it, you know, all, all this different stuff. So, uh, you know, if you're not sure how to write a proposal or, or pitch a class at conference, start by, you know, writing an article and, and pitching a concept in The Point. That's a really great way to gain experience. I wrote a bunch of articles for The Point before I I was uh, brave enough to submit any proposals. And, you know, not all of them were great. Some were kind of stinkers, but, you know, hey, um, it's a free publication and uh, they're not overly picky. You know, if you have an even mildly decent concept and, uh, you know, uh, English composition ability, you're probably going to be able to get something published. They'll tell you if it's terrible. They'll tell you if it needs work. They'll, they'll hold your hand and they'll help guide you through that process. But, you know, submit something. You know, that's, that's a really cool thing to do. You don't have to be a member to do that. So if you're a body piercer out there in the world and you even want to say something critical of the APP or their board of directors or our policies or conference or whatever, you can write a, a counterpoint. You know, you, you can say, hey, um, this is this is good, but I could see this room for improvement. Or, hey, this is bad. You guys have to change this up. Um, so, you know, write it out, submit it to The Point. Uh, once I wrote a few articles for The Point, I started to get brave enough to kind of uh, conceptualize my ideas and, and say, hey, you know what uh, would be really cool for a class at conference? Um, the workshops, you know, and, and workshops never existed for a long time. You know, for a long time at conference, it was just lectures. You know, you'd, you'd sit there and you'd listen to one or two or three people stand at the front of the room and maybe they'd have a slideshow, maybe they'd have a handout. Uh, but definitely they would just yammer on for like two or three hours and a lot of people, you know, droopy eyelids falling asleep in the classes. Um, so I, I pitched an idea for more of a hands-on working uh, environment and um, I think they've been a huge success. You know, I, I teach workshops every year at conference. I teach the safe practices in the piercing room workshops. Um, there are all kinds of other workshops on marking and techniques and all kinds of stuff. And now it's a really dynamic, really popular set of classes at conference. So um, I was happy that I could contribute to that. I wrote the original proposal for the mentor program. Um, my original version of it was nothing uh, like what Kale has going now. You know, Kale Belford has really taken the mentor program and improved it by leaps and bounds. And now it's a really impressive, really strong support unit. But, uh, you know, when I started, it was really just because I was a wallflower and I was thinking, hey, you know, wouldn't it be great if the APP could do this or that and, and link some of those like first time attendees up with some uh, experienced attendees, you know, and it was a really simple concept. And, and, you know, luckily people have built on it and made it something a lot stronger now. But uh, that those things might not have happened if, if it wasn't for proposals. You know, you can't wait for someone else to have your great idea for you. Sometimes you have to share your great idea and uh, get it done. So... When it comes uh, after that, you know, if you're thinking maybe you want to be on the board of directors one day, or maybe you want to be on the board of directors right now, um, my, my best advice for you is, you know, number one, I really think that you have to have some experience with, with a committee or some sort of volunteering first. You, you really can't have the hubris of thinking, you know, I'm a body piercer who has never done anything behind the scenes for the APP, but I should be one of the people running it. Uh, you know, that's... That's, that doesn't really seem like a great idea to me. Um, when I came onto the board, I had a, a lot of experience behind the scenes and I still wasn't super effective for the first few months. You know, I had to learn how to be a board member. You know, I had to learn some expert level adulting. 
um, when I when I joined the board, um, it was really just like a sit and listen. You know, um, I, I remember there was a, a big period right before I was on the board where I was like addicted to proposals. You know, the board meets about once a quarter, and uh, you know you can submit proposals and then they vote on them. And and th those poor people on the board and Bethra when she was secretary, it must have been like you know, five or 10 Ryan proposals for like every meeting. And I heard so many no's, you know? So going back to if you're writing a proposal, you're making a pitch for something, expect to hear no a couple of times before you start he hearing yes. You know, I had so many proposals shot down or tabled or whatever the polite term was for like, please stop sending us your ideas. I, I got a lot of no's before I got some yeses, you know, and, and I was lucky enough to, to start getting those yeses and, you know, uh, being able to, to put in some work on, you know, things like the mentor program and things like the workshops and all that stuff. But I had so many ideas before that were just stinkers, you know, I don't even remember half of them because they were just like probably half formed ideas. I didn't really know how to articulate an idea. So, um, you know, working on those proposals, working on those uh, those point articles, volunteering. You know, I was on the social media committee for a long, long time before I was really doing much else. And I, I learned uh, how to be uh, an administrator, you know? So uh, when, it, when you wanna get uh, voted for a board position, keep in mind that there is a little bit of a political side to it, a little bit of a popularity contest because you have to get votes to get on there, you know? So if you're doing work, you know, make yourself visible, you know, uh, don't brag about it, but you know, make, make sure that some people out there know that you're one of the people working on it. You know, that's why I get so frustrated sometimes knowing that there are all these people on these committees who never hear a thank you ever, you know, you, you maybe get like a, a, a free lunch at conference one time, you know, but you're not getting a lot of thank yous, you know, so I just want to say thank you to everybody who's on all the different committees, putting in the work, all the volunteers, all the scholars, all those people that put in all the hours to keep the APP running, because most of them are doing it totally for free. Keep that in mind, you know, so if you see one of those volunteers or a committee member, or even a board member in the future, you know, just just give them a quick thanks, you know. Um, they, they do a lot of work for people behind the scenes and, uh, you know, they're not doing it out of vanity or ego. You know, get involved in the APP. Um, do everything you can, you know. Try not to get frustrated if you hit a brick wall because it's going to happen. You know, there are only so many spots available, so it's not like everybody who wants to help is, is going to be uh, shown a door right away. But, you know, be persistent. I was so persistent to the point of annoyance, I'm sure, for a long time. And, you know, I worked my way in, you know, I, I took my opportunity. And, uh, you know, if you want to do it, then get out there and do it. Don't wait for anybody, you know, especially if your whatever group you identify with is being marginalized, you know, if, if your particular group doesn't have a strong enough voice, you know, make your voice stronger. Uh, and, there are lots of people willing to help, um, you know, it, we're not trying to, to keep it like this, cool kids club or anything like that it's all volunteers you know uh, board members are limited in terms volunteers burn out you know like we constantly need help we constantly need fresh blood coming in because there's constantly people going out so if you are an app member and you want to get involved get involved no one's going to send you an engraved invitation just work your way in. Uh, persistence, hard work goes a long, long way with it, okay? So that's a little bit of a behind the scenes glimpse of the APP. Sorry for uh, rambling if I went on a little bit too long. Um, just wanna put it out there that I am currently up for uh, election to the board of directors for a second term. I would really like your vote. So if you're an APP member, please vote for Ryan. There are some amazing uh, people uh, on that ballot also. You know, Vote with your heart. 
vote with your head, vote for whoever you think is going to do the best job, but hopefully one of them could be me, um, but we'll see. If not, I might cry a little bit, but uh, whatever, I could use a vacation. So uh, vote for Ryan. I will be back next week. I don't know who I will be uh, having on the show. I'm dwindling my uh, list of canned interviews. I've got one or two old ones that I just have to get around to editing because they have terrible volume because I am terrible at recording podcasts on the road. Um, but I will get some of those uh, posted for you. Um, as you're listening to this, I think I'm in Canada, so I'm probably going to be getting some good interviews up there. Uh, the Canucks are always good for a good conversation. And uh, I'll be back next week. Who knows what it'll be. Maybe it'll just be me rambling for another like hour and a half about APP stuff. But uh, I love body piercing. Tune in next week. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.